Welcome back to Liquid Lunch here on thatchannel.com. My name is Hildegard Meiner, and our next discussion is all about spiritual teaching, spiritual healing. And uh, our guest is Dr. Richard Leach, who is an interface minister, and he started an organization here in Canada, which is to unite all practitioners, all spiritual healers, counselors under this interface ministry to give them some sort of an organization to work with and be supported by. Welcome, Richard, to have this discussion with me. It's nice to see you again. Thank you. Thanks for asking me. So from what I understand now in Ontario, there's a Health Professional Regulation Act, and uh, it might potentially disenfranchise a Reiki practitioner or... Uh, therapeutic touch or NLP practitioner or homeopaths? Any alternative. Um, what I would tell you is that the Health Regulations Act itself was created to regulate all health. Now, what's changed is recently they have lobbied uh, to have uh, the creation of a psychotherapy college to regulate psychotherapy. And the intention was for that to be like the regulation of medical doctors uh, to regulate their own. Um, for all intent and purposes, it's beginning to show us that uh, they, have, they have even made written statements that, that they are going to charge alternative practitioners $25,000 per occurrence uh, and, up to, and could up be jail time uh, to, uh, to never mind the technique that it's used. The technique is irrelevant. If we're counseling and working with uh, someone who has a serious condition in a therapeutic way, uh, we're viable to be, to be uh, charged. I have been doing my spiritual counseling and healing work as bioenergy therapist uh, for over two decades. And this is like breaking news that says we're going to be under attack. And, uh, and, and I've never been one to consider fear. So this is not like a malpractice suit because you have happy clients. Most of those practitioners, I'm just guessing, they are in business because they're doing something right. That's right. So it's not about them doing something to harm somebody. It's simply them using a tactic or a technique that is different than what would be considered by one of the different organizations. Exactly. What's really coming down to fruit is that they have basically believed that psychotherapy is an umbrella that handles all therapies. So all counseling, uh, all, even massage. Oh, well, massage is RMTs, but, but they're, they're, they're under the college. But I mean, any, anything, neurolinguistic programming, uh, anything used to help people overcome their challenges in life, uh, is considered now psychotherapy. And they're, and they're disregarding the technique so that it only matters that you are working with someone who actually has a serious condition in a therapeutic way. And they will not, they will not, they've actually written that they will not define what serious is. Well, that's, that's, that's my next question. What do you label serious? I mean, they, many, many people that sit in that chair you're sitting in have experienced problems, physical problems, emotional, mental, spiritual, whatever, and nobody could help them. It's not that they didn't try. And then they found their own way to get put Humpty Dumpty back together again, so to speak. Exactly. And functioning again normally. Exactly. 
And, and the, the interesting part of this is that uh, it's not about whether or not you're helping people. It's the fact, I believe, it's the age-old story of follow the money. We are working with people who, if they, we weren't here, they would be forced to go uh, to traditional psychotherapy. And uh, there's a stigma with psychiatry and psychotherapy. Uh, so people are lend themselves to alternatives. And a lot of alternatives are not even mind-altering counseling. They're, they're life counseling. But uh, they're trying to, to take charge of everything. But, I mean, it sounded like in the Middle Ages, there were people making potions and concoctions to give their families teas. Like native indigenous cultures have historically known there are certain things that they could do, whether it's shamanic teachings or yeah. whether it is herbalism or the Tahibo tea out of the rainforest. I, I, I mean, these yeah. are all the little things that I know. It's, it's really not new. So, A, why do we call it alternative? And where do you draw the line between it being a spiritual issue that shows up in the body Or does a body something that has nothing to do with the spirit? Now we're talking about what is a body? Well, yes, there's, there's a lot of different understandings and theories, but two things I want to bring up. The very first thing in what you just said was that a hundred years ago, people who pursued to invent things like penicillin uh, or even before, they had the freedom to pursue an idea. They had a freedom to pursue a, 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 an idea to, of a remedy. And the more and more we close in and clamp down, we lose that freedom to, to innovate a new way or a new idea. That's one thing I would say. The next thing I would say is that medicine uh, inherently divides our system up. Uh, we, we have a, a, a body-mind-spirit, okay? That is a physical, a mental, and emotional state. And medicine inherently will divide the divine trilogy and say, if it's body, it's physical, and everything else is not. So if it's physical, the body mechanics of doctors will look after it, and if it's not, we'll send it over here to, to the mind doctors and call it a mind problem. But I can tell you in a spiritual way that it's not possible to divide our divine trilogy that if we have a physical malady in our body, the cause will not be a physical cause. The cause, there will be a physical catalyst, but to have allowed that to erupt, the actual cause that unlocked the body to allow that will be either a mental circumstance or an emotional circumstance. The trauma will be in the other side of the trilogy. And they are dividing it, they don't even look there. They look at body mechanics only. Well, and we're now suffering more than ever as a society from trauma, whether it's post-traumatic stress, whether it is separation stress, people go through divorces and, mm -hmm. or a stress coming out of a separation from a long-term <coughs> career that we had to feed our families. So somehow it seems a bit counterintuitive. What, what, what does the, well, your community, like you're connected with the Esoteric Interface Church in the U.S., How do you bring all of these pieces together? <laughs> Please explain a little about well, that. Well, I'm going to tell you a little personal story that um, this has been coming along for a long time, for, for, for maybe a dozen years they've been lobbying to do this psychotherapy college, and it was passed into law two years ago. And since it was passed into law, they've been building the college and preparing to have all the ducks in a row 
before they start making charges, okay? So this has been getting more and more and more prevalent. I've been receiving emails from friends and associates, like the sky is falling emails. And I look at it and I don't respond, I don't think about it, I just go on doing my work because I'm a spiritual counselor and I don't believe I'm vulnerable to this because I'm protected under the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. That's my opinion. And uh, now, interestingly, uh, a friend came from out of town and stayed with me for a weekend. And Cheryl, a wonderful lady, one of the proponents of all the emails that have been coming to me about the, the sky is falling, this is happening around us, and we're, we're, they're, they're attack, going to attack us. And, I, and, and sitting at midnight with a cup of tea on my porch, I said, Cheryl, calm down, please. You know, we're doing spiritual work, spiritual practice. And we ha- there isn't an alternative, I don't believe, uh, practice. Uh, and I don't like to use the word alternative. I, I believe more in allied therapy. But there isn't a, 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 a holistic practice that hasn't got its roots and foundation in a spiritual belief. I don't believe. And that's everything, including nutrition. Even the nutritionist is, is in the course of guiding nutrition, is making comments, spiritual counsel comments. Uh, and so we're all vulnerable, but it's spiritual. And I said, Cheryl, relax. It's not, it's not going to happen. They, they can't do that because we're protected in our, our rights to spiritual practice. And she, said, and, and she said, well, that's your word against them. And well, I thought so freedom of expression, freedom to practice your religion and spiritual but faith, under we the, all have that right, don't we? We do, but under the letter of the law, she had a point. This college is going to have the ticket book, and that ticket book is going to write a $25,000 ticket to me, and it's up to me to prove that I'm a spiritual practitioner. So how do, how you prove do I prove that? it? And, and uh, instantly I said to Cheryl, well, I have a card in my pocket. I've been an ordained minister since 2007, and, uh, and uh, you know, so I, I have that. She said, well, all good for you. What about the rest of us? Because, you see, I became ordained with the, the, the Esoteric Interfaith Seminary when I, when I pursued uh, my thesis and got my, uh, my doctorate in metaphysics. And uh, so I thought about that, and I thought, oh, my. I mean, I can prove that I'm practicing in a spiritual way with a document that... You know, I can understand the college when they stand empirically with their understanding and say, no, you're not. You're not spiritual practicing. You're practicing psychotherapy without a license. To the average person, what do you answer? And that made me think, we need a mobile, holistic ministry. We need a mobile healing ministry that, that ministers to all people. And it was, I mean, we talk about sometimes things happening with purpose and reason and, and coincidence doesn't exist. I thought to myself, no, there's no coincidence that I happen to be involved with the esoteric interfaith church mm-hmm. and seminary in the U.S. And I thought to myself, that's the answer. Because interfaith ministry is not new. It's not a new age church that can be put down and said, oh, poo-poo, that's new age. Interfaith ministering started in the late 1800s in a grand council of theologians who came together in Chicago and created the entire concept of interfaith ministry. 
and it's been along for a long time. The Isoteric Interfaith Church in the U.S. was founded in 1987. Um, many of the New Age churches are only sanctioned in, in a few states. The Isoteric Interfaith Ministry is sanctioned in every state in the Union. And so I thought, we need to bring this to Canada. And we need to bring it to Canada as a healing ministry because we did deal with the public. I have, in my own practice, I have Jewish people, I have Christians, I have Islam people, I have Hindus. I mean, there is no one that doesn't come to me, and I have always been a spiritual counselor that doesn't cross the boundaries of their particular religions because I'm always talking about the, the, the brass tacks, the basics of, of a good life and how we are challenged to, to do this. So, interestingly enough... Uh, in, the, in the course of this work, uh, I started to think, wow, I may be the one, the only one, that really has a good solution. And as I started to read about the Act, the Ontario Health Regulations Act, I would tell you that uh, it's not so much the Act, but the ad psychotherapy addendum to the Act that they had enacted two, year, two years ago that, that gives them this power... But they have to work within the Act, and in the Act, in four or five different places, it says that spiritual counsel and practice is exempt from the pra Practitioner's Act. Well, Richard, it sounds like we are back in the Middle Ages where science and spirituality, or no, well, it wasn't Middle Ages, it was when was Descartes' 17th century? <laughs> yeah, when they said long. we live in a material universe and yeah. we are just an accumulation of separate parts who seemingly have yes. nothing to do with each but other. But we now know different, don't we? I we mean, do. People are becoming conscious that it's a spirit or the soul or something invisible animating the physicality. And yes. wouldn't it be nice that we can look at each other as working on all levels? Because I think psychotherapy has its place, does it not? It does. If medical doctor, I love them. My kids had their legs broken. Well, give me the painkillers and you know the x-rays and all of that i think it we need to get Absolutely. over ourselves here that we it's, are all in this together rather than against each other i am first to stand and say i don't like ever to use the word alternative therapy or practice i believe in allied therapy i don't even think it's supposed to be complementary theory allied therapy how can anyone help someone if they are standing opposite someone else who is helping them we're all on the same side the, the client side and, well, and the and client needs measures. to be able to use all of these things. Yeah. You know, sometimes I use my car. Sometimes you use a computer. Sometimes you need to use an elevator. Sometimes yeah. you use a bike. These are all different things that help to move us in one direction or give us information. That's true. So That's in our true. healing process, I as a consumer think it would be nice to have this whole plethora well, to choose from. Absolutely. But... You know, it's as I said earlier, it's, it's not really about the therapy. It's not really about helping the people. It's about the money. It's about the politics. It's about power and control. It's about the fact that alternative practices or allied therapies are really dealing with the same consumer that the psychotherapist is dealing with. And we are in competition then. They see it as competition. They see it as, as if we weren't here, they would have the lion's share of this work. Um, and so it's not, about, it's not about truth, it's not about reality, it's not about the therapies, it's not about helping people. It comes back to power and control and what you can do with power and control if you have a government sanction, which they've achieved. Well, on the other hand, if you have a population that is getting increasingly more sick, 
If I'm not well, I can't contribute. I don't generate value. I do not necessarily contribute to society as a volunteer or pay my mm -hmm. tax or whatever. Then is it not counterintuitive to handicap people who actually help people to get back to a full functioning Absolutely. healthy body? And I want to share with you a little story about a client. A client came to me on recommendation from another client. She had been in deep depression for almost a decade. She had been with a psychotherapist. No, actually a psychiatrist and psychotherapist, a tag, tag team. And her, psycho, her psychologist decided to close the practice and move to London, Ontario to take a position at London's hospital and uh, just drop this person after almost 10 years. And she had not gotten better. She'd actually gotten worse. Worse In the beginning, she had a, held a, a very responsible job with Canadian Blood Services. And she was on long-term disability. She could not cope with her job. And when she came to me, she was dropped. Her GP had been helping her. She came to me, and with this serious depression, she worked from August to December with me, and we released the depression, and she was back to work in January. And... You know, it was phenomenal because, you know, all, all the work I do, I've spoken with you before, I would tell you that depression is not an emotional condition. Depression is an energy condition, a bioenergy condition. I can measure the energy I flow from the chakras in the body, and I can tell you the first center and the fourth center of a person who comes in depression is zero out of 20. So the outflow in the survival instinct thought processing and the love of life thought processing is zero. It's, it's blocked up. And in the course of the work I do with bioenergy therapy, 12 to 18 weeks, we get that moved and they get on the road. to They're not complete, but they're on the road to recovery without drugs. And so we have actually moved an energy condition and released a depression. I had another client come in December. He was suicidal. His girlfriend brought him urgently. And I, he had an appointment. His GP had made a recommendation. He had an appointment with a psychiatrist to meet on the third week of January. He was suicidal in the first week of December. He came to me, worked with me weekly. And in the third week of, of, of January, he went to the psychiatry, and the psychiatrist gave him 15 minutes, answered four phone calls during the 15 minutes, wrote a script and said, get this medication and come to group therapy at this date next week. And he was already well on his way out of it. The, the system is not as responsive as we need. Well, and, and so that is absolutely verified in the news lately when you hear... You know, a whole bunch of children, literally, yeah. trying to commit suicide up north. I mean, yeah. that is deeply troubling. It is. And so what is, I, I, I'm bringing this up as what is a serious mental condition when I can see this as a bioenergy condition that can be broken by bioenergy therapy uh, in short order without drugs. This man came back from his psych psychiatrist and said, you know what, they're not helping me, you're helping me. I'm, I'm, I'm so far much better. I'm not thinking suicide already. And they're, they're hardly giving me the time of day. So I'm not criticizing the system or the psychiatry or the psychotherapy, but what they want to do against alternative practices is really unconstitutional. And, and it brought me to bring the esoteric interfaith ministry into Canada. So what is the next step then, and how can... 
practitioners or potential people who need help uh, reach out or contribute? What, what is the, well, the, the next step here with your interface ministry here? Well, the, the next step would be for practitioners to rally and create the larger and larger association of, of association of, of spiritual ministers. And the, the ordination can come as a priest, as a minister, as a rabbi. Whatever your faith is, is your primary um, certificate of ordination. Um, and it can come that way. Uh, and, and you are officially a minister ministering to the people. Now, we're not going to be standing in the middle of a church giving uh, speeches on Sundays. Right. So but it's a healing ministry. So it's it all about... bringing the spiritual counsel and healing to the people. Mm -hmm. And uh, on that regard, we now have uh, an official association, an official accounting. Um, the ministry we've created, it has a mission. It has principles to live by. It has tenants of the of the ministry that that we we would agree to and a code of ethics that we would operate with and under self-regulated as spiritual practitioners it's all published on the website at uh, um, interfaithministry.ca mm -hmm. and uh, so uh, basically it's not being people are not being ordained here as yet they're being ordained out of the esoteric seminary in the U.S., but um, once we have a congregation of ministers, we need a few hundred. Once we have a congregation of ministers, we will move to create, to establish on Canadian soil the the official Interfaith Ministry of Canada, and uh, under that heading, it will be a mobile healing ministry, uh, ministering spiritually to the public. So in essence, giving spiritual education to people. That's right. Because, I mean, religions probably have tried their best over the last thousands of years, yet the churches seem to not be any fuller, and some people well, don't go reducing. to the mosque, and they don't necessarily go to the synagogue anymore, and people are seemingly lost when it comes down to spirituality. Well, this is actually the crux of a problem, is that over time, I mean, for one reason or another, many people have they will say well i am this or i am that but i'm not practicing i am this or i'm that i don't go every week um, there are many people for one reason or another that have been turned away in From their organized religion yes let's and say. they've become yeah. unchurched yeah and so that unchurched organization of people um, is is where we would meet the public most I mean, we, we're here to bring spirit back into their life. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, the likelihood is that a great deal of the difficulties they're facing, the challenges they're facing in life, are uh, challenges where they have no place to turn for counsel because they've become unchurched. Well, this is what the indigenous problem is. The yes. People understood they're an integrate part of the planet. They lived in harmony with the planet. And then, you know, people from Europe came here and told them, no, 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 you have to do it our way. Mm -hmm. And so in their soul, you know, I mean, I look at myself as a displaced person, so to speak, as well, mm -hmm. where it is hard then to feel a sense of belonging or understanding what do you need to do with life. Community is taken away. People live in isolation. And that is very difficult then to 
find your own little compass. So it would be really nice for yes. us to understand more about the trilogy Mind, Body, Spirit and how the spirit orchestrates this third-dimensional body and how we then, as parts of this huge construct, could interact with each other. That would be actually helpful to each other. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I sometimes wonder... Uh, churchgoers even say I wonder what my purpose is or uh, I feel so lonely or I, I, I'm married for 30 years but I'm not connected to this man and divorce is against my religion it doesn't matter who we talk to in our daily lives, these issues seemingly, and maybe it just happens to me but I see a lot of people struggling this, this Absolutely, way. it's very true and it's, it's uh, very interesting to recognize that, that it's the perceptions of things in our life that hurt us, not the actual things that happen it's the, the things that happen, the human constitution, we can walk through hot coals and not be burned if we have the right mind. But if indeed we're unseated by the events that, that have happened and our perceptions are such that have unlocked us, then we're going to succumb and fall. And uh, so it, it is about how we, how we think uh, spiritually about our life how even if even if we're an atheist proclaimed atheist it's it's still how we think about life that is going to harm us absolutely listen i'm sorry to have to cut this short but it sounds you are a way sure you're creating something from nothing yes and i wish you well people who are listening to this how can they get in touch with you whether they are practitioners or well, um, a if, client, if if they if they have a need, they can they can find me at uh, bioenergytherapy.com. If they are other practitioners seeking to find this association uh, to to come together in defense of their livelihood, their practice, mm -hmm. I urge them to check into the interfaithministry.ca. And uh, read the pages, read the principles, read the mission, read the tenets, see what it's about. You, it's not just a matter of becoming ordained. You have to be a spiritual practitioner. You have to be on, on side with the ideals of the ministry. And when you find that the ideals of the ministry coincide with your ideals, uh, there is a, uh, even a code of ethics that we will operate by, self-regulated body. Uh, the last page will teach you how to become a minister with this association. Sounds wonderful. Thank you so much for being here, chatting with us today and enlightening us because that is totally new to me. I was totally unaware of that as well. And uh, yeah, I hope to have you here again sometime soon and we can more into depth in both the bioenergy therapy and keep us updated as to what's happening with the Interface Ministry. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being here, Richard. I appreciate it. And again, Dr. Richard Leach, I was just speaking with from the Interface Ministry. He's also a bioenergy therapist. So if you feel uh, you want to talk to him about it, you know how to reach out to him. Thank you so much for listening to us and being with us here on thatchannel.com. Uh, have a wonderful weekend and hopefully we'll connect with you soon. Ciao for now. 
up to 70% off. That's right, at Court Furniture Clearance Center. Get up to 70% off new retail prices and choose from a wide variety of previously leased furniture and decor for your home or office. Sofas from $199.99, bedroom sets from $399.99, dining sets from $299.99, and more. All items are court certified, guaranteed, and in stock, ready for delivery or to take home today. Make the smart choice and visit one of our five locations in the DMV or go online at courtclearancefurniture.com. Mention Radio 20 and get 20% off.